Blog Talk Radio. Sunday. Welcome to our Sunday, July 27, 2014 edition to Beyond the Gate Radio. I'm your host, David M. Baker, and I would love to introduce our regular co-host, Sherelle Baker. Good evening, Sherelle. How are you doing tonight, my angel? Good evening, David. I am doing fabulous. Thank you so much. Great to be back on the air as usual. And um, I just, I'm trying to cool down from this heat wave we're having. Yes, for those of you who may not be familiar with our location, we are in uh, Marin County, San Rafael, California, about 30 minutes north of San Francisco. And we've had a drought here this year, but the weather has been clear blue skies. And though after a while you want rain, but hey, that's life. It's just a natural nature of cycle, I suppose. But that is okay. Tonight we have a very prominent guest on, as you all know, Mark Anthony, the psychic lawyer, who's also a medium. And Mark Anthony, the psychic lawyer, is a practicing medium who not only communicates with spirits, he is also a successful attorney, licensed to practice law in Florida, Washington, D.C., and before the United States Supreme Court. Mark graduated from Mercer Law School with honors, which included the study of law at Oxford University in England. He has also studied mediumship in England at the Arthur Finley College for the Advancement of Psychic Science. Now, I want to jump in here saying, you know, a lot of famous mediums like uh, my friend John Holland and others have studied there as well. It's a very famous place. And I'd like to add that Mark Anthony is a published author of the bestseller, Never Letting Go. Now, folks, you've got to get a copy of this book, Never Letting Go. We're going to interview Mark tonight about many things and later on about the book. But we're going to do it in such a way that he won't give out details just enough to make you want to buy the book. So, Never Letting Go is the definitive guide to healing grief with help from the other side. This is a very important work because many people have grief in their life by losing loved ones. I know as an experienced medium myself for years, you know, what do you tell the family or friends of the deceased? You know, uh, where do you send them for guidance? What do you do? I mean, this is just one aspect of the uh, rainbow or cacophony of all the things that a psychic medium does. Now, a psychic medium also has to be kind of like a teacher, but we also work through uh, higher power with our guides and Yes, definitely guides. Definitely guides. Thank you. We don't know it all. We're nobody special. We just channel this in whichever way you would like to think that we do. It just happens. But um, some people come here with a gift as a doctor. Some people come here with a gift as a cook or even a dishwasher. Every job, if you consider it like a color and a rainbow, 
you wouldn't have rainbow unless you put all these colors together. We all work together. So every human being is just as important as the other. So don't please put a special label on anybody. If we don't work together, we can have an established, wonderful, happy civilization. Anyway, enough of that yakety yak. Without further ado, we'd love to bring our esteemed guest, Mark Anthony, on. Mark, welcome to Beyond the Gate. Thank you, David. Thank you, Cheryl. It's really nice being here. I've really been looking forward to the show. Thank you very much, and we appreciate you having you here. And um, tonight we're going to ask you, you no know, questions. Now, a lot of times we ask guests questions that we already know the answer to, but it's not us. It's the listeners that we're trying to bring this information forth. And sometimes there may be a question that I'm not sure of. But I would like to begin with the beginning. And throughout the show tonight, I don't want you to give us any information should we touch upon certain subjects that are about your new published book. Um, What I'd like to do is that touching there, just tell us what you need to tell us because people need to read the book. Your book is a fantastic book. And once again, folks, it's called Never Letting Go. And please visit this website, and Cheryl's going to put it in the chat room. It's www.neverlettinggo.com. That's neverlettinggo.com. You have to see this. Take it from me, and I'm a medium. And, you know, if I'm looking at it, you've got to look at it. So, Mark, how did you, I'm sure you've asked this before, uh, discover that there is something different about you compared to your friends in school, your family, if that's the case. How did you know that there is something else there? The the interesting thing about my childhood is that around age four, I started seeing invisible friends. And, And the reason I say the interesting thing about that is that both my parents could see them as well because this ability not only runs in my family, but it runs on both my mother's and my father's side. So I was fortunate, and and David, you know, and Cheryl, this may have happened to you when you were children and, and people telling you, family members, you know, you're crazy, don't do this, or whatever. And mom and dad didn't do that to me, but they told me don't talk about it outside of the house because people don't understand. Uh, Because a lot of mediums really have very difficult childhoods. Um, I think nowadays, at least in the U.S., uh, Western, you know, Western Europe and uh, maybe Australia, it's okay. I know in the Middle East, uh, people are are persecuted for this. Um, But my childhood, it was great. It was great because uh, mom in particular would sit and talk to me about them and tell me not to be afraid and, and uh, you know, that they weren't here to hurt me, that they were um, people that we could see that most other people couldn't. And I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, being a little kid, you can sort of go along with the flow. And then as I got older, I realized that not everybody did this and not everybody's mom did that. And so I just sort of kept it in perspective. You know, this... This just didn't come up recently. It's been around for centuries, like in uh, Greece, you know, on Mount Parnassus, Mount Parnassus, Olympia, Apollo's temple with the Oracle of Delphi, and then, you know, the uh, European spiritual movement, and the uh, 1847 Hydesville, New York, Rapids in New York by the Fox sisters, and I can go on and on and on. And uh, so this is definitely not new. It's a tangible and precipitous. It's not our imagination. It's real. But not everybody has the ability to, you know, discern this. So once that's happened to you, just like me in school, when I started telling my friends in the 50s, uh, we were swapping baseball cards and talking about stories, all I had was my spirit um, experiences and then after a certain point they said okay come on that's enough stories tell us something real and that's when I decided to shut down so from that point when you discovered these things and as life went on can you bring us forward a little bit to when 
you actually start you know, accessing it to use it. Did you read a book, go to a course? What made, what was a, another turning point or the next turning point in your life with these abilities? Well, having a mom that was a combination, and, and, and I, I will give a snippet from, from Never Letting Go. I describe my mom as a combination of Shirley MacLaine, Elizabeth Taylor, uh, Lucille Ball, Ginger Rogers, and a touch of Joe Lewis <laughs> kind of rolled into <laughs> one. <laughs> and, you know, and Mom would just talk about it all the time, and we would um, – um, We'd go out to lunch, and we'd look at people's auras. She'd show me how to see auras. And, you know, so, so it was always there. But then when I was, um, probably when I was in law school, it started intensifying. And, and the reason for that, David, is I lived in two different places in, in law school where there were spirits, present on a daily basis. Uh, I went to law school in Macon, Georgia. Uh, I attended Mercer University Law School. And the law school is in the historic district. And the first building I lived in, I kept feeling like I wanted to hang myself. Um, And what it was, now I realize that at the time I didn't, somebody committed suicide in the apartment that I was renting. And I'll never forget when I called my mom and I said, Mom, I really want to move out of my apartment. She goes, move. I want you out of there. I mean, she, she was so on board with that. And then I moved into another apartment where there was obviously another spiritual presence, but it was kind of very um, light and bright and um, sort of mischievous. Like, you know, things would fall off the, my desk when I was, I was working at night. And now that I look at it, neither of these spirits were negative energies. It's just that I was picking up on the residual energy signature of the person who had committed suicide. In fact, when I told the landlord I wanted to move out of that apartment, they didn't even question it. They said, oh, yeah, that apartment, yeah, no problem. So um, obviously they were aware there was a problem. So as I got older and I started practicing law, the other attorneys around me would always say things like, how do you know that? Uh, particularly when I was a prosecutor, and they would bring in, they meaning the police and and the sheriffs, would bring in people that had been arrested. And at first appearance, and they usually stick the young attorneys with this, you know, we have to sit there and and on nights and weekends when they they bring prisoners in and uh, and tell the the judge, well, we want bail in this amount or we want no bail uh, for this person. And I'd always know what they were charged with before I ever saw the report. And, and the attorneys go, how do you know this? I go, well, look at them. They go, well, they all look the, the same. They all look like a bunch of criminals. Okay, well, that one's a child molester. That one's a drunk driver. That one's a drug dealer. That one's a wife beater. That way, you know, I'd go down the list, and they go, my God, he's right about everything. And so it just kind of became wow. part of me. Um, and people always thought I was a little bit weird. Uh, I was kind of like, um, I loved it when, remember that show, The X-Files? Um, Yes. Uh, they used to refer to yes. David Duchovny as Spooky Mulder. <laughs> you know? yes. Oh, right. I, I kind of had that reputation. <laughs> that's, that's not a bad reputation to have. That's that's pretty cool because they know that you know. So that's awesome. That's funny because I published my first book before I retired as a deputy sheriff, and people were asking me, and I said, "Well, don't you didn't, don't they teach you in the academy? How did you know that?" Uh, my intuition, my gut instinct. Hello, what do you think that is? You know. So after uh, I published know, the book, I had all these deputies come around me asking me questions. But pretty much what you said in your field of law enforcement is very similar to mine too. It's amazing. Well, it, it is, and you know, David, I'm, uh, it's, I'm glad that uh, we're talking about this because every cop, every police officer, and every soldier, marine um, that I have ever met. I always asked them, did they have a gut instinct? You know, because if you tell, uh, talk about intuition, they'll, they'll shun it. But if they talk about instinct or a gut feeling, every one of them says, if I didn't trust it, I'd be dead right now. Mm-hmm. That's right. So does that but, mean that we all have it, but it lies underdeveloped or unused in some people or untested perhaps? Or what could this mean? But, I think ignored, and what it is with women, and, and Sherelle, all right, you have women's intuition, right? I mean, I know you do. <laughs> okay, That's right. <laughs> but, but, you know, when, when, I, when I talk to groups of people, 
Um, and if I say, how many people here have, how many of the women here have intuition? Every woman raises their hand. Now, if I say, how many men here have intuition? Probably no one. But if I say, how many men here have a gut instinct? Boom, all That's the hands it. go up. And, and what it is, intuition is looked at as a feminine thing because intuition, psychic ability, spiritual communication, all revolves on a love connection and emotions. Women are socialized to accept their emotions, and therefore it is acceptable for women to talk about their emotions. With men, the only socially acceptable emotion for us to display in public is anger. And and that really cracks me up, and and, and it makes me sad at the same time. because, you know, a guy is manly if he goes around being angry. So if you reframe it, men are just as psychic or intuitive as women are. It's just that when you talk about it as a gut feeling or an instinctual thing, you know, and I, and I always say that, you know, people like Harrison Ford and The Rock and Clint Eastwood, they have instinct, you know, whereas women have intuition. But we're talking about the same thing. It's just giving it a different label. And, and once you get past the labels and the gender nonsense and all that, this is an ability that pretty much everybody has. Some people it's more highly developed, and other people um, it isn't. But to answer your question directly, David, is it unused? Um, yes, I would say more ignored than unused. Because with men or women, when you ask them in every situation – that you have ignored an intuitive feeling or gut instinct. Have you been, A, happy you've done it, or B, regretted it? I would say 99.9 times out of 100. The answer is, B, I was, I, I wish I had not ignored it. Well, I agree. I agree. <laughs> well, you know, you're familiar with the old saying, there's nothing fear but fear itself. You know, especially... First, based on a couple of modalities like survival instinct and fear of, of the unknown, that which we do not understand. And am I going to get in trouble exploring this or not? Now, and like you said, you know, in the past, like in Japan, the warrior mentality, you know, to summarize, they could never show emotion like the women do. You know, you're a man, you're a woman in the old West and modern America. Now, times are changing and it seems to have been you know, the recent paradigm shift where everybody's going to look into another direction for more answers, i.e. the spiritual world perhaps. And now with the amazing amount of paranormal shows coming on TV, mediums and psychics and this and that, it's a record number. I'm really astounded to, when I was talking about it in the 70s, you know, your bipolar... Something's wrong with you. You wouldn't dare speak about it on TV or call on a radio show. They're left right off the show. But now, no, I mean, what's going on? Is it because of a paradigm shift? Or why are all these, you know, good and bad and crazy paranormal shows of all different types, you know, uh, coming on TV now? What, what do you think is going on here? I don't know if there's any one explanation. But I think a paradigm shift uh, certainly is a component to it. Secondly, and, I, and you know, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of faith in God and in religion, as long as religion is not used to justify anger, bigotry, hatred, and violence. Uh, the other day in Iraq, that ISIS, uh, that radical Islamic group, um, exploded and destroyed the tomb of the prophet Jonah because it didn't fit with their interpretation of fundamentalist Islam. And that makes me sick to my stomach. It's the same mentality of when Al-Qaeda, which is you know, another version of this fanatical nonsense, that blew up the uh, statues of the Buddhas in Afghanistan. And, um, and any religious extremist, be they Christian or, or Muslim or, or any other, uh, they're, they're completely intolerant of, of anything. And, and that just really, really saddens me when things like that happen. But the reason I'm bringing that up is I think, and, and I don't mean to offend or insult anybody's religion, but I think that for a lot of people, traditional religions are no longer 
satisfying them on a spiritual level. You, you know, you're told that my way is the only way. Okay, well, yeah, we're all Christians. Yeah, 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 but the Catholics really aren't Christians, and, and the Mormons are heretics, and the Baptists are the right ones, but we'll know the first Christian church of the right wing is the better one, and oh no, the super liberal uh, Christian church is better. And it's like even among uh, one religion like Christianity or a religion like Islam, there are so many different factions, and every single faction says, my way is the only way, and we have dominance over the way to heaven through our clerics and through our interpretation. And I think that as, as people are becoming more worldly and educated, they're looking at that and saying that all these religions do is tell me, no, 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 and you're bad. Oh, and while you're being bad, make sure you give 10% of your salary to support us to make sure that we can continue to tell you that you're bad. And this isn't working for people. I mean, you know, people, when, when someone's grieving the loss of a loved one, well, read scripture. Well, for some people that works, and God bless those that it does. But I've had many people say, it means nothing to me. It's bringing me absolutely no consolation. So as traditional religions are not helping people in the spiritual sense, people are now looking beyond that to the direct personal experience. One of the things that I like about Hinduism and Buddhism is that the direct personal experience is part of the journey. Whereas in religions like Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, you're just supposed to believe what you're told. And I think that people are tired of, of hearing just believe what you're told. I agree. I posted a cartoon a little while ago on, um, now I'm not a attacker of anybody's belief system at all, but I thought it was humorous. After all, if we can't laugh at ourselves, no, then what's the purpose? So it showed a, a spaceship with two aliens flying toward Earth, and Earth, it showed mushroom clouds all the way around, like, you know, atomic blasts. One alien said to the other one, hey, Zor, what's going on down there? And the other one said, oh, it's just all the religions trying to prove who's the most peaceful, and all these <laughs> atomic blasts are going off. You know what I mean? So yeah, it, now that I've said, <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, said, but it's 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 funny it and sad funny. at the same time. And you know, I mean, you look at the the Crusades in the name of the Prince of Peace. Let's trot off to the Middle East and kill people. And and the the people that they were killing now their their descendants are still angry and seeking revenge over events that happened a thousand years ago. Yeah. Apparently, organized religion has just done a great job. Well, I just want to say a few things before we start to upset some of the people that are religious. And, you know, we're not attacking you. We're just trying to be open-minded. I was asking on many radio shows, well, what do you think what the Bible says about what you do? I said, it doesn't affect me. I have no evil deceptions, all being love and positive. And then they say, you know, good cop, bad cop, you know. God will send you to hell if you don't if you're not saved by Jesus. Like good God, good cop, bad cop, really. But no, a lot of people in religion, uh, they're more psychics and mediums. I know from different religions, Mohammeds, you know, and Christians and so forth. And a lot of them say we like the idea of the religion, but you know, we don't believe in 100 percent. There's too restrictions, but. A certain amount that we'll take with us and leave the rest behind. I said, okay, that's good. You're trying to be a good you know, Christian, for example. And then, um, you know, you've got to walk your path. You can't, uh, somebody can't puppet to you what's not your path. You have your own individual path. And then lastly, uh, oh, I lost the point. But my point is that, you know, open your mind. Don't be, st oh, religion, okay, uh, from what I know, Jesus came here and taught a lot of really good things. But man later wrote the Bible and organized religion as a way to, you know, respect and thank the Creator and so forth and so on. But then as it books were written, some were put in, some were taken out, and then Emperor Constantine changed it, and then you have the King Edward edition, you know, for example. So it's all being changed. So you have to, you know, kinda of like take a look at what's been said in there and does it make you feel pure love 100% or do you need to step outside the box 
and think a little bit more. That's all I'm saying. I'm not attacking any religion. That's all I'm saying is just open your mind. I, I, I always appreciated something Gandhi said. Um, he was always in the middle of, of these arguing Hindus and Muslims, and so he stood up and he asked all of them, what religion is God? And they all kind of looked at him and looked at each other, and it's like, oh. Because everybody is so concerned that their way is the one and only way. And if you believe that, that's fine, but that doesn't give you a moral justification to cast the first stone at other people and to sit in judgment of them. You must be tolerant and respectful. And, and that's one of the things I, I love about the United States is freedom of religion. Now, the problem is religious groups have um, you know, turned into bullies that are trying to manipulate uh, you know, political parties for their specific ego-driven agendas. But it, the, the framers of the Constitution were very wise because they, had been, they, they were studying and had studied the history of Europe. And what they saw is for the, the previous 1,500 years in Europe, there had been an unending succession of religious wars. Catholics against Protestants, Greek Orthodox against Latin Christians, uh, Muslims against uh, Christians, and so on and so forth. And with the exception, I believe, of the Netherlands, every country in Europe had a religious head of state. In Great Britain, you know, the, the, the monarch is the head of the Church of England. France at that time had a cardinal appointed by the Pope to be the religious head. Spain, it was the king, and, and so on and so forth. And so what, what um, Thomas Jefferson and Patrick Henry and John Adams and, and, and the framers uh, put together was we have to make sure that religion and government are separate. Now that line gets blurred a lot um, and, and continues to do so, but it is really nice that in this country we have freedom from of religion and freedom from religion. And people say, well, we need to get prayers into school. Well, what they're saying is we need to get our prayers into school because there are schools in certain states where Muslim prayers are being said, and then Christians get all bent out of shape. Um, and then what if uh, the Hindus start saying, well, we need to have prayers to the god Ganesha in, in school? And so it's better just to keep that out of it. It's the duty of the family to, to um, raise their children uh, and educate them in, in a religion, not that of the government. I agree. Keep government and state separate. They were definitely wise indeed. Now, stepping up another point, uh, not to name any religion at all, religion or non-religion, but some people have belief system that, you know, well, I'm here and I have to be perfect. I have to do this. I have to do that. Otherwise, you know, I could be sent to hell. And I'm thinking that, wait, maybe now, heaven is perfect. Earth is not perfect. Aren't we here to learn? Is this not a school? And you know, why would a God that created a beautiful universe with multi-trillions of stars and planetary system with other life as well you know, condemn us grains of sand to an everlasting hell for you know, making a little mistake? You know, that you created us and we're not perfect. Are we perfect or not perfect? Make up your mind. Secondly, uh, you know, if I murdered somebody, maybe I came here to teach them a lesson and learn from it myself. Because when you murder somebody, you don't murder them. Their soul goes back to the spirit world, and they're all good. And if you learn something, you evolve and spiritually progress. So my thing is that, you no, know, why would God allow us to do that and send us to hell? He, if I try to flap my arms, I can't fly. If I try to walk through a wall, I have a headache. So he doesn't allow us to do that. But yet he allows to do the other things. So why is that? It just doesn't make sense. You see my point that I'm getting at? Well, I, you know, I don't believe in hell, but I do believe in reincarnation, and I believe that we live a succession of lifetimes. Because this whole thing about, well, if you don't do this, you'll go to hell. You know, earlier you touched on the, the Roman Emperor Constantine. And um, without going into a whole history lecture, basically... Um, religion is is based on things 
and concepts created in the, the later phase of the Roman Empire, where when the empire became Christian, um, the Emperor Constantine was considered the equal of the apostles and God's representative on earth. And the decree was that Jesus will return until he does. The Roman emperor will be his representative on earth. And so, of course, if you disobeyed uh, the empire, well, you were doing something evil, and therefore you would be condemned to an eternity of suffering. Well, of course, as the empire disintegrated, every king in Europe grabbed hold of that one. The Muslim caliphs, yeah, they like that too. <laughs> you know, Christians and Muslims, one thing they do love is hell, and that, you know, they assume everyone's going there except uh, their particular branch. And the thing is, um, it's really very primitive. And a lot of these things against mediumship and against, you know, thinking outside of very strict dogmatic lines, these were primitive paranoid superstitions created during the Bronze Age of the Old Testament and then during the early Iron Age. And yet we're supposed to confine our thinking in the nuclear and Internet era to primitive superstitious nonsense created thousands of years ago by people who thought the world was flat and that if you could go back in time with a flashlight, you would be declared an angel of the Lord, if not God, him or herself. So I just think that true spirituality, the true teachings of Jesus and of Buddha and of the enlightened avatars and leaders are that we are an immortal, energetic being and as our knowledge increases, so too should our, our spirituality grow and continue to flourish into uh, this new era, as opposed to sitting around and thinking that um, the lightning was actually um, a god from Mount Olympus hurling spears of light at people. So... That, that's how, how I look at it. I consider myself a Christian, but I do not discount what the Hindus or the Buddhists or the Jews or the Native Americans or the Jains um, have, to, have to say, because I believe that we can all get to God. We all have our own individual and unique paths. Because the thing is, if God wanted us all to be the same, then we'd be like the school of fish. We'd all be the same color, True. the same size, we'd react to the same stimuli, and we wouldn't think. There'd just be this group mindset where we like, oh, light, go to it, oh, a shark, turn away. Um, but we're not. Right. And, and, and we're all wondrously unique. I agree. And, Neil, the, the Christians, the Muhammads, the Janas, the Hindus, and all of them are, you know, uh, there's a message that was taught to him, which is on the same page. But you no, know, do not distort the message because you want to control the masses. And somehow it slowly got changed. But anyway, I just say to everybody, you know, when I grew up Roman Catholic and I was evangelical Methodist, I've been to Buddhist and Lutheran churches and so forth and so on. I don't believe in it 100% what's been written about it. I just take with me what I do believe. Uh, and that being said, everybody must make up their own mind, but you can't sit there without you know, opening your mind and doing a little research. Now, now that we've gone through this very challenging discussion, may I ask what type of abilities you have and, and how can you explain how, you know, like clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairgustance, whatever, how you do it, how it comes to you? Well, uh, and, and I love that question because I know you already know the answer, but that's a good, good question. I call this Psychic 101. Um, um, I'm a psychic medium. Now, a lot of people want to know the difference between a psychic and a medium. Psychics read or tune into the energy of a person, place, or thing. Mediums tune into the energy of a third party, meaning, meaning a spiritual entity. To make it easy... If you want to know about your love life, career, and health, see a psychic. If you want to talk to dead people, see a medium. Now, I don't really get involved in fortune-telling and uh, love life and career type of readings. 
my focus and specialization is on communication with spirits. And people from all over the world um, contact me through my website, Never Letting Go, and they go to the schedule a reading page. Um, most of the readings I do are either by audio, Skype, or by, by uh, telephone, although I do several in-person readings. And what I do is I open up to frequency because spirits are pure energy. They're on a higher um, uh, wavelength, a higher amplitude, a higher frequency, and they communicate to me, and I convey messages to the client, to the person receiving the reading. So people say, well, how do you see them? Well, everybody is listening. Right now I want you to think of the Eiffel Tower. Okay, do you see it in your mind's eye? That's how they appear to me most of the time. So that would be what's known as um, clairvoyance, clear seeing, because I'm seeing it in, in the image in my mind's eye. I many times hear messages. If you go to my website and, and, or my YouTube channel and look at my videos, um, I get a lot of music and songs. A lot of times I start singing during a reading because spirits transmit to me a lot of concepts, and many of that um, involves music. And music can give me a year, an era, time frame. The message could be in the song, or the song itself may have significance. I feel sensations throughout my body. I can generally feel uh, symptoms of the person or, or, or um, uh, chronic medical conditions they had, or I can feel how they died. Um, and then when you're talking about Claire Gustance and Claire Scent, I will taste certain sensations. I will smell things. So... What happens is when spirits transmit frequency, they vibrate waves of frequency at me. There's information in there. That, that it's, it's, so it's, it comes to me in the form of a wave, an electrical impulse. The electrical impulse then goes into my brain. My brain takes that impulse and then translates it into recognizable concepts based on my memories feelings, cultural references, experiences. That's why we can communicate, and I know you do, you do this as well, David, you can communicate with spirits who in life, in this life, did not speak English um, because they're transmitting concepts. I was just going to ask you about that after you said that. I was just going to ask you that question. Okay, keep going. Sure. So it's a frequency transfer, and then we um, refine it into... Um, things that that you know my brain converts it into things i can understand well um frequency transfer is not texting or instant messaging and spirits can give a validation as to who they are in many ways what they look like how they died favorite foods shared memories likes and dislikes uh sometimes they'll give us names and and uh, i always I always laugh at the, the pseudo-skeptics because a real skeptic wants to, to observe and to learn. But the, the people that go around saying, I'm a skeptic, I don't believe. Okay, well, no, you're not a skeptic. You're closed-minded. Then there's a big difference. Um, they go, well, you guys never get names. Yeah, we do. But sometimes names come right at the beginning or sometimes you get the rhythm or the feel of the name. For example, the other day I was doing a reading for a woman and I described her father to a T and I said, I'm getting a name like Daniel. And she goes, well, his name was Donald. All right, come on, Daniel, Donald. Um, you know, uh, last week I was getting Gloria, but the, the person's name was Georgia. So a lot of times we get the rhythm or the cadence of the name. I mean, sometimes they'll come right out and say, I was doing a reading once at Bertram. I mean, and Bertram isn't a name that you hear all the time. And the woman goes, oh, my God, Uncle Bertram. <laughs> you know, just like that. So, so things, things can happen um, that, that are directly on point, and oftentimes they do. I have to tell, if you'll permit me, um, an interesting story. Uh, I did a, a reading for this woman uh, who's a Ph.D. Uh, the other day. And during the reading, I heard the name Janet. And, and, um, and it was the woman's mother who was communicating, but her name wasn't Janet. Her best friend was Janet. And she goes, wow, my mom's best friend is Janet. <clears throat> I said, well, your mom's talking about Janet. And, and I'm feeling pain and pressure in my eyes, and that Janet's having some trouble with her eyes. Well, I received an email um, yesterday 
And the client said, after the reading, I thought, well, maybe I'll call Janet. And I was a little bit nervous about doing this, and I did. And Janet answered the phone, and I told her the whole thing. And she said, are you having any issues with your eyes? And she said, yeah, actually I am. For the past two weeks, I've been having this uh, pressure and, and discomfort in my eyes. And, um, and she said, well, this medium that I talked to, and she went through the whole thing. Long story short, Janet, right after the reading, booked an appointment with her eye doctor. And she'd been in for her yearly eye exam about a month before. Well, he said, oh, my God, we didn't do these tests, but you're at the very beginning stages of macular degeneration. And we've caught it just in time because apparently she can be treated with vitamins and dietary changes. He said, if you would have waited until your next appointment a year from now, you would have already had irreversible damage and possibly blindness. So a lot of times when we convey messages to people, I don't understand the full ramifications or impact. And I find it very humbling um, that I in, in, you know, did my part in conveying this information to the client who had the foresight and the fortitude to not only connect the dots but to call the person and said, hey, look, I know this sounds crazy, but, I like that. I like that because that means that people are actually going out and really, you know, sending out the information because we we don't know why. We don't know why they tell us these things until later on. And I'm glad that at least she followed up with you and let you know what, what happened because it's confirmation. It, it, it was confirmation and it was, you know, I believe that we all have a life plan, and generally spirits are not going to intervene to affect it, but sometimes it seems like they do. Or maybe her life plan was to have this experience to now open her to further exploring her own spirituality and, of course, saving her eyesight in 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 the process. So... So it's very, very interesting um, how this, this happens. And, and I'm a firm believer that we are all, both on this side and the other side, energetically connected. And when you start looking at the subtle connections, it, it becomes, I think it goes from just being a hunch to a theory and possibly theory to something evidentially based. You know, you're... Uh Amazing because you, know, you proved to me tonight that you know I have lots of psychics and mediums on the show, and I seem they seem to be on the same page. You know, I know a lot of them, and I work with some of them, or you know, school under some of them. I'm throw out some names like you know John Holland, Jane Van Prague, Lisa Williams, Psychic Grins, Doreen Virtue, Barbara Mackey, and you know, there's more, and they all you know, are on the same page as we are. Echo Bodine I had on the show recently. And, you know, when we discuss this, you know, it always ends up to have some type of discussion about this. And everybody is on the same page. And I have books in my collection because I've been doing research for a year and I have years and I have hundreds of books. And um, I've read in those books and they're saying stuff 100 years and more ago in some of the books that I have some rare and out of print, but I love doing this. The same thing that we're talking about right now is totally unchanged. I mean, uh, you know, my jaw dropped to the floor any time I read something like that from the past. So what we're talking about now, that is still true now. Totally floored and amazed. I, you know, I've, I've been doing this a long time, and I'm still amazed. Even talking to somebody like you, that's really off the scale and your abilities great and to hear you say the same thing that I believe you know I just, just want to listen to you and, and it what it does is reinforces what I do and makes me feel validated well I appreciate I have, that um go ahead Cheryl thank you I, ha- I have a question mark um when you're doing readings do you sometimes get something for yourself as well 
you know how they say you do a reading for a sitter and something through there later resonates or during the time resonates with you? Yes, I do, uh, and and it always cracks me up. Um, actually, something like this happened a couple weeks ago. There, there was something, there was some decision I had to make, or something going on, and um, I'm doing a reading for for a client, and a spirit came through, and all of a sudden, it's like, wait a second, that sounded like that was for me, you know, and I kind of get this like impression, <laughs> the spirit was laughing, like, well, duh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I thought that was that was nice that that the spirit he decided to throw that that one in for me, and um, and it's nice because generally we can't read for ourselves, and I think it has to do with, um, you know, it's it's well, you know, people say, what do you mean you can't read for yourselves? So, yeah, well, how many people pull out their own teeth if they have a cavity or remove their own appendix? <laughs> You know, right, I mean, it's right. you know, it's it's your own vibration, and I don't think you can really read your own vibration. But that doesn't mean that we're not going to receive messages. And um, you know, I do receive messages, you know, when I meditate. But it's cool when you're doing a um, a reading for somebody else, and and one of their you know relatives or friends comes through, and then they kind of toss you a bone, like, oh, by the way, you should do this. <laughs> so that's great. I like that. <laughs> Just totally, totally amazing. Now, you've done many, many, many readings. Now, I've got to ask you this. No. And I know, just pick out an example of many of them. And, no, um, and the, wor- the word I'm going to use is amazing, okay? Or shocking okay. and flooring, you know. You did a reading and you went away and you couldn't get it out of your mind, like, oh, my God, that was amazing or shocking. No. Can you just give us, you know, an example, uh, you know, the confidentiality to whoever the sitter was, something that you did in a reading, you know, that really shocked you. I mean, even after you're a veteran and you did this reading and it shocked you. Can you give us any, anything on that? Well, I was doing a reading for a woman whose son had been murdered by a serial killer, um, and it was really intense. And during the reading, her son came through, and I didn't realize at the time that the killer had been um, executed. So her son came through, and he was really wonderful, and he was in the light, and all of a sudden this other energy came through on a very different wavelength and it wasn't that he was evil anymore because you know once we leave the body um what we leave behind is the mind and his mind was certainly diseased and 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 he was mentally ill Um, but that doesn't mean he doesn't carry those memories with him and the responsibility for the actions that he committed here in the material world when he transitioned to the other side and Something came out of my mouth during the reading. I said, three other boys. Well, when the reading was over, the client um, was, was, was very overwhelmed by a lot of the things that came through. And then she said, you said three other boys. And I said, yeah, I, I, recall, I recall that. She says, this is very interesting. And this is something that nobody knows because... It was not released. But at the scene of my son's murder, there were tissue and hair samples that were collected by the forensics team that did not match my son and did not match the killer. And the police investigator told me they believe that this this guy was involved in murdering other boys that had disappeared. And that really, I don't want to say resonated, because resonated is a positive term, and and, and it kind of haunted me, thinking that I connected with the the energy of a serial killer. And he did say, because, because he said, I'm sorry for what I did to you and to all of those other people. And then I heard three more boys. So that one, that one was really, really heavy. Um, yeah, I've got a, I've got a more optimistic story. 
Okay. Um, I'm ready for that. Okay. <laughs> well, let's go to the happy story now. I'm doing a reading for All this right. lady. Okay. And do you remember the show Gilligan's Island? Everybody remembers Gilligan's Island, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. remember Lovey? You know, we had Thurston Howell the Third, the millionaire, and his wife Lovey. You know, well, she reminded yeah. me of Lovey. You know, because she talked like, "Oh yes, oh, this is lovely." You know, and um, so I'm doing the reading for her, and her father comes through, and um, he reminded me of Clark Gable. And I said, "Wow, your father! You know, he's dashing debonair, see him wearing a tuxedo. He reminds me of Clark Gable." And she goes, "Oh yes, father was very debonair, and he loved to wear tuxedos." And I said, "You know." There's somebody next to him, a male energy, and I go, this is going to sound goofy, but he looks like Ronald Reagan. And she goes, well, Father and the President were very good friends. They played golf together. And I'm like, oh, my God. Wow. (laughs) What you're telling me is that – and then all of a sudden I realized who she was. And then I realized who her oh, father, and I'm not at liberty to say, you know, and, and her father was this famous billionaire who, um, who was a land developer and, and, you know, started all these golf and country clubs and things. But then two other people came through during the reading, and I said, okay, okay, this is over the top. And she goes, what, dear, what is over the top? <laughs> I just love the way she talked now. And I said, I saw that movie, The King's Speech, and I swear to God, this guy looks like Edward VII, the king who gave up his throne for the woman standing next to him who looks like Wallace Simpson. And all of a sudden she looks at me and she goes, oh, them. And I go, what do you mean? She goes, oh, father couldn't stand them. They used to crash our parties all the time. And and he thought because he used to be a king that we should always pick up the tab and oh, and her, and she was a shameless social climber and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Hold on. Your father knew Edward VII and Wallace Simpson? I go, so what you're telling me is I'm connecting with your father, the famous billionaire, Ronald Reagan, the king of England, and the woman he gave up the throne for? She goes, well, why not? Father knew them all. (laughs) I'm like, oh, my God. That's amazing. (laughs) That that, that, is amazing. I, I will never forget that reading for as long as I live. In fact, um, I wrote about it in my new book, which is uh, coming out in March, Evidence of Eternity. And um, oh, it, was, it, was just, it was just amazing. I remember getting off the phone and calling uh, my, uh, my, my manager who uh, goes on tour with me, and I was telling her this, and she goes, oh, my God, Mark, that's incredible. Because you know, I've done celebrity readings, and I've connected with the spirits of quote-unquote famous people uh, before, but that one, that one really that one kind of takes the cake. I think that was wonderful. That was a wonderful, wonderful surprise, and it sounds like it was a delight. It, it was. It was uh, fun. Go ahead, Dave. No, go ahead. Well, it's you know, um, I, I know I got very, like, heavy with the um, the serial killer story. And what I want the readers to understand is those things happen. Okay, we do, I mean, let's face it, death and dying is tragic for people here in the material world. In the bigger scheme of things, it is part of our natural function, and death is a doorway we must all go through to, to transfer into an elevated level of consciousness. However, yes. um, it is very painful for those of us who remain behind to cope with, and there are times that readings can be very serious very intense and very heart-wrenching. But most of the time, it's healing, it's uplifting, it's very positive. And I know I gave two very um, extreme examples there, but a lot of the times um, when I'm doing a reading, the people that I'm reading for, the the clients are laughing because so so many fun and wonderful memories come through. So, Spirit contact isn't frightening, and it isn't like these goofy Hollywood movies. And if anyone from Hollywood's listening, I love Hollywood movies. But the thing is, scary sells. Okay, so so um, popular culture tends to depict mediumship in a frightening way because that way it sells tickets to teenagers. You know, from the seventeen to twenty-four right. year old crowd, they want to go see you know people ah, you know and you know like like the Sixth Sense. I love that movie. 
Um, Because it's a lot like kind of how my childhood is, except that when I see spirits, they're not walking around with machetes sticking out of their head. Um, Instead, it's very positive and and upbeat. So so spirit communication is something which is an important therapeutic step in the journey through grief, and it can be very, very positive. It it can, and it is. And after you give the reading, you felt the healing for yourself. I mean, you know, we could feel drained if after we do a day of readings or we not protect yourself or we can just feel drained. But then again, after you do a certain reading, you can feel healed yourself. And that's what's happened to me. And um, we, we have limited time left. Gosh darn it, I wish the show was longer. But there's th- three last questions I want to ask you, and I'll let you pick, pick it as time allows. You know, like, I've been contacted by detectives and other people for police cases. Uh, I've done reading where somebody's come in that has committed suicide. I did sometimes up to four-hour family and personal readings. <laughs> Unbelievable, I know. Where somebody uh, comes in last that was committed suicide from a certain way and it looks a certain way. And then the other, you know, so police cases, suicides, and then ghost via spirit. That means a, a ghost whisper. Are you a spirit medium? You know, because there are those that one or the other, or do you see it all? So which of those three questions do you want to answer first? Are you a ghost and spirit medium? Have you seen suicide? What's the deal there? Have you done police cases? Which question do you want to answer first? Well, all of the above um, I've done. Um, I've done a lot of suicide cases, and I think given the the gravity of of that, we'll we'll focus on that. Um, In a lot of belief systems, people are told that anyone who commits suicide goes right to hell. And I do not believe that. Uh, I certainly do not encourage anybody who is depressed um, or or feeling isolated to to resort to suicide, okay, Um, because there are karmic repercussions and we don't have enough time to to get into all that but for anyone to listen to the primitive superstitious religious nonsense that says that if you have a loved one who committed suicide that they're condemned to an eternity of suffering that's ridiculous okay there is no one-size-fits-all but committing suicide does have repercussions and I have found in every case where there was a suicide, um, the the spirit who reaches out is very apologetic for the pain and agony he or she has inflicted upon people and is letting us know that they're not suffering, although they do have to reconcile and reflect upon what they did. But they're in no way in a pit of fire with some jerk sticking them with a pitchfork. I mean, that's medieval nonsense. I believe that, and you know, if you believe in the dark entities, fallen angels, if there is a hell, that's for them. But I believe the hell is not flames. It's just that you're not connected to God. You know, you're separate from it, and that's the hell. But the suicides I've seen in the readings have come from the lower left. From a great, it depends on what stage they're at. Lower left, uh, lower left, gray or with you no know, healers behind them or in a place of place of trees, you know, and then they're pretty soon gonna be back with the family. I, I don't know how you see it, but the ones I've seen. Yeah, uh, you know, I we we get we receive the same type of frequency. How we interpret it and manifest it is what our individual differences are. And I was I was um at a uh, workshop one time, and this one medium, she and I saw the same spirit. We we described him the same way. The only thing was different is I saw his shirt as, you know, because they depict themselves wearing clothes, as yellow, and she saw it as a light blue. And we started, like, getting into this almost argument. I mean, not like a heated argument. But then I said, well, what does light blue mean to you emotionally? And she said what it was. And that's what yellow means to me emotionally. So even though we were each perceiving it as a different color, what was light blue for her 
is the emotional equivalent of what the, the that bright, happy yellow meant to me. So that's how we're receiving the same information, yet how we manifest it is what's different. And and that's how I feel. And I know, you know, many times tonight it sounds like I'm crashing on religion, but I look at religion as we're all trying to perceive the infinity of God but since we are finite beings, at least temporarily, we have to assign a limited way of understanding God. And that's why you have all the different religions. Because when you get to their spiritual roots and basis, it's all about peace, love, and understanding. And every religion has a golden rule. The Buddhists say, do not do to others what you do not want done to you. The Christians say, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And the Muslims, the Hindus, I mean, everybody has a version of that. So it all comes down to God is love, peace and understanding, and treat people the way you want to be treated. And when you look at it in the purely philosophical, spiritual sense, we're all talking about the same thing. It's when the human ego gets involved that I'm sorry, but my narrow interpretation is better than yours. And since you don't believe me, I'm going to blow up your village. And that's where it all goes wrong. And I totally agree. That That's the only logical view that I can take. You know, message conveyed depends upon you know, the background of the receiver. And so I understand why, why that happened that way. Now... It, you know, I, I'm just I'm not going to keep you on because we've done the hour, but the show is still recording. I, I don't want to take advantage of you, but I just I got to ask you this: you know, how come some mediums can only see a ghost, and uh, one of the mediums, uh, what's her name, uh, Jane, and she's an actual ghost whisperer on TV. She says she can only see ghosts, except she saw a crossover spirit one time when she sent one to the light. Now, who hasn't? as a medium, sent somebody to the light. You know, I know you have, I have too. But that's right. what she said. And then James said, no, I can't see ghosts too much. I mostly see crossover spirits. Yet I can see everything. I can see ghosts, spirits, you know, whatever. I can see it all. Why, why, I thought a medium could see everything. Why is it some can see some stronger and the others not? Do you have an answer um, for that? I hate to put you on the spot. I, I think it's basically what radio station they're tuned into. Um, some people want to see ghosts, so perhaps on a subconscious level, that's what they're dealing with. And some people only want to uh, see crossover spirits. But, you know, it, it's like in the field of law, we all have specializations. Maybe there are some mediums. I mean, it's like I know some psychics that are really good at reading auras, and I know other psychics that are really good at uh, doing medical in intuition. It's the same thing with mediumship. There's just different areas that uh, people tend to specialize in, and you shouldn't worry about it. Embrace what you're good at and be the best you can at it. I totally agree. I'm glad you said that because there are people that you know, will, will ask me, how come you don't do meditation and teach about auras and do this and do that and all that? You don't get rid of spirits and be a demonologist and you're a medium after all. I said, look, I, I'm a medium, but my specialty, besides teaching, and I do some psychic stuff, excuse me, is to uh, communicate with spirits on the other side. And that's what I prefer. I don't prefer, you know, I can touch on all the other stuff, but that's my specialty. So, you know, I believe you're, you're totally right. I mean, I've had psychics on the show that, you know, they call themselves the love psychic, and then they do all that. I said, that's good. Take your burden off from me because I'm not interested in that. But, you know what? What you said makes a lot of sense. And and I'm going to say one last thing. I'll let you go because, you no, know, I've already taken up enough of your time. Glad to have you here. But, no, do you have anything to say about police cases? Yeah, I've I've been consulted on a few of them, but um, um, it's interesting work. But my forte is helping people cope with with loss. Thank you. I'm uh, ex marine and retired deputy sheriff, and I got so so many calls. I did some work, but I said, you know what? I'm a deputy. And I'm sick of seeing this stuff, and I want to go to my other side. So, no, I, I just pulled myself out of that. No, I said, that's not my forte. So, I totally agree. You know, and your website, 
you are totally one of the most amazing mediums that I've ever met. And your website is www.neverlettinggo.com. Please, everybody, get his book. Contact him on his website. Get a reading from him if you want to hear more. I'm telling you right now, this man is totally amazing and credible, and I will back that up 100%. And, uh, Mark, thank you so, so very much for taking your time out from your busy schedule, especially you know, on a uh, day off, to be on our show. Thank you so very much. Yes, thank, thank you, Mark. You. Oh, thank you both. You're God an amazing... God bless you. You're an amazing, amazing medium. And we wish you long life and prosperity. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Mark. Good night and God bless. All right. Great show. You guys have a wonderful night. Talk to you later. Thank you. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Okay, Mark. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. And thanks to everybody for listening. And some of you may not be aware that you may have wanted to call in for a reading we apologize, we overlooked that, but usually when we have somebody on the first time, it's usually an interview, we do not want to pressure them, and then perhaps the subsequent shows that they come on, they will do readings on the air, and we will have, we are actually having some shows coming up like that soon, but thank you all so much for listening, if you have any questions, my website is www.com mediumdavidme.com and you can get my Facebook email and other information off of there you can get Mark's information from Facebook and you can always yes you can always um, check out his website never letting go www.neverlettinggo.com if you're interested in getting a reading from Mark and thank you everyone for listening tonight and have a wonderful night And look out for my next two books, which I will announce shortly. And thank you for listening to our Sunday, July 27, 2014 show of Beyond the Gate Radio. If you liked our show, please follow us here by pressing the follow button or on Facebook. Thank you very much. Good night. God bless, and I'll see you again soon. Good night.